0: W-M-A-Y.
1: Springfield's news and talk.
0: and the council round up. Oh, it was a solid meeting last night. We're going to hear about plans for a new bookmobile. How much is that going to cost? Also, Springfield Police addressing uh, recent crime downtown. And also, uh, a project that uh, is looking to not only... uh, redefine an area for a micro-TIFF. Also looking for some other tax uh, benefits in order to uh, bring about some more residential units to downtown. So that's all on the way here. It is the Springfield Morning News Council Roundup. I'm Greg Bishop on 92.7 WMAY. Springfield's News and Talk. We look at Springfield City Council meetings each and every week and give you all the highlights what's going on, especially with your tax dollars. Hey, the Council Roundup brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. They're downtown Location open for lunch, also open for lunch on Saturdays. And don't forget about delivery at West Subs. Now, right, let's get to it. Uh, last night's treasurer's report, how much money does the city have? And in particular, how much COVID relief dollars do we still have lingering? And it puts us to... Here's uh, the uh, treasurer, Misty Buescher, uh, who's also uh, seeking to take on incumbent Mayor Jim Langfelder uh, in April's election. Uh, but as treasurer, here's Misty Busher.
1: Yes, Chair Redpath. The corporate
2: fund in the month of November had a beginning balance of $60,906,863. We took in total receipts of $10,551,873. We had total disbursements in the month of November of $8,455,336, which, the corporate, which left the corporate fund with an ending balance of sixty-three million three thousand four hundred dollars Chair Redpath, of that entire balance, your ARPA fund ending balance in the month of November was $23,921.211.
0: Was that twenty three thousand or twenty three million? I think million because uh, there's still a lot of uh, unspent dollars in there, so maybe that was a, a little bit of a uh, misspeak there. Uh, let's move on, on to Alderman Redpath, uh, looking at the contract reports. These are things that are under a certain threshold, I think fifty thousand dollars, that the mayor does notify uh, city alder people about, but uh, the city alder people don't have to actually vote on because it it's below that threshold. Uh, but uh, Alderman Redpath looking at uh, some of the reporting.
4: You got. Three Three distributions of uh, cannabis money to three different businesses. What's the criteria for that and why are we giving them cannabis money?
1: Uh, for the businesses uh, they must have been awarded for, as part of our cannabis uh, reimbursement grant How do they that get that? I'm sorry? How do they get that? Uh, they had to apply for that uh, back in uh, last uh, I believe January we had the application window open until about March mm-hmm. and then city council passed the ordinance in May.
4: So does, does can people get it more than once?
1: Uh, the ordinance, as it's written right now, says the award can only be given once.
4: In a year or from all over?
1: Uh, I believe in a year. Sir.
4: So if they get it this year, they can get it next year? Yes.
0: Okay. So uh, Alderman Hanauer had another question about those cannabis grants going out and who uh, is eligible to get
5: those grants? If people are on boards and commissions, are they allowed to, to get money from the city? Are they allowed to get... The cannabis money, the tip monies and that.
0: Corporation counsel Jim Zirkle, the city's attorney, he uh,
2: addresses that a bit. I, I will double check that. My memory is that being on a uh, commission or a board does not disqualify a person from applying if they're a uh, on a board or commission. Uh, there are certain limitations if you're an employee and so on but I will double check that and let you know for sure. And uh, they're talking
0: about cannabis tax dollars, locally generated that uh, are meant to go back into various parts of the community and something that Alderman Sean Gregory really uh, pushed for to get the policies in place to make it happen.
6: I'm very happy for us to see these three businesses, especially Miss D's Bar and Grill. She's been in our community a long time. Um, but as far as board and commission, I'm not aware of any one of these owners on there. And Bishop Communications Group is owned by somebody totally different than the young man that's on our board. I just wanted
0: to. So just there. to provide some clarity to all of that. Alright, moving on, next up, you got a whole bunch of appointments to various boards and commissions that were taken all in one for last night's Committee of the Whole before they advance it to next week's full committee of the council where they will uh, uh, pass all of these at once. It's been
4: moved in a second and we bring five uh, 20, 22, 524 to 535 up to the council uh, to the front of the agenda.
0: And these are boards and commission appointees uh, for a whole Host of things. There was one former city official
6: that uh, got up to the podium, though. Be friendly. You're, you're
4: out of order. You're out of order already.
3: <laughs>
6: Mark Mahoney. I'm here for the Housing Policy Advisory Council. I figured you guys just wanted to chew me out about snow because it's getting cold.
3: Platon <laughs> for punishment. No so more snow.
6: Anymore. Yeah. Oh, easy on Nate, guys.
4: <laughs> when's, the, when's the plows going out? That's. What we're yeah, So he's a
6: former
0: public works director, Mark Mahoney. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, you've got a project that's being proposed, and it's going to bring about some residential units for downtown on a lot that hasn't been used for years except for parking. So we'll hear about this proposal, but it's uh, got some things that the city has to do, like create a new TIF and an enterprise zone and so on. So we'll hear all of that coming up next. It's here with Springfield's Morning News and the Council Roundup on WMAY, brought to you by Head West Subs residential units in downtown Springfield a hot topic anytime it comes up be it conversation around what's going on at the Wyndham City Center to new developments that years ago looked to take old buildings and convert them into quality apartments that never really came to fruition for a whole host of reasons. Well there's a new project that's being proposed in downtown Springfield. Good details here with the Council Roundup. Springfield's Morning News I'm Greg Bishop on 92.7 WMAY Springfield's News and Talk and the Council Roundup brought to you by Head West subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. Last night, they had a presentation uh, before an ordinance was ultimately moved on to the debate agenda for final passage next week, and it deals with a new TIF that's going to be created within an existing TIF and uh, poss- possibility of uh, investment for new residential units. Here's uh, Alderman Redpath is the chair of last night's Committee of the Whole.
4: Uh, Robbie, you want to speak before the presentation? Please step to the podium. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Alderman. Thank you, City Council. You, I promise I'm not nervous it's just really hot in here um, but i did before we introduce uh victor salerno and the adirondack team on their project presentation
0: so uh what's the project that they're looking at here's a bit of an overview
1: I uh, just wanted to clarify you know, the distinction of this particular TIF that we're calling a targeted or micro TIF versus other TIF districts that we have in the city of Springfield. So what this project is going to do is we're going to extract this vacant parcel that has been vacant for the last 50 years um, in, the, in the downtown area, and we're going to extract it and create its own TIF. So this project will be entirely project-driven. So we're not taking any funds out of any of the other funding sources. It's going to be its own project, and it's going to be its own TIF.
0: Now we'll get to some of the logistics of that. Do they have to go to the state legislature to do that, or can that be done by a local group? Uh, We'll watch and see how that happens. But the benefit of this...
1: You know This allows for the financial gap to be reduced um, and allows for the project to move move through. So this is one of the incentives that is before us today uh, for the Council of Belong.
0: So um, are you confused? Alderman Donilon looking to get some clarity? So what we're doing is we're essentially removing this existing parcel from the t- from the existing downtown TIF district. Correct. So it would no longer by council action be in the TIF district. That is correct. And then we'd have to create a new TIF district, TIF district and there's a, that's essentially a ninety to one hundred eighty right. day process. two and a half month process. Yeah. 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 And then that property alone would be a new, its own TIF district with a full twenty three year lifetime. Correct. So the developer, in essence, would not be asking for nor getting f- funds from the existing downtown TIF. It would be money only generated from that parcel. Absolutely, Alderman Donnelly. So um, that itself is a little bit more of a uh, uh, definition of what's going on with the micro or targeted TIF. Uh, it would uh, essentially be carved out of an existing TIF with its own pot of money that it would generate to use for this project. Uh, so how much money will it take to actually get all that put into place with the policies and the work that's going to be done by lawyers and all of that jazz? The,
1: the city will pay for that. It uh, ranges about $18,000 for us to create that redevelopment plan. Is and- it
0: possible for TIF funds- to reimburse the city yes, for that
1: cost. Yes, that is typically how it happens, uh, is that this becomes part of the, the new TIF and that is reimbursed back to the city when the development happens. And more on this process. The, the TIF statue really allows for the Joint Review Board, uh, which is the main you know group of the taxing bodies, which actually, according to the statute, are the ones that would designate that TIF. So we don't have to go through um, the state legislature because it's more of a policy uh, issue.
0: So yeah, it's not creating a new TIF, it's just uh, doing like a sub-TIF. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, or a micro tiff or a targeted tiff or oh the uh the webs we weave um here is alderman hanauer worried about what
5: that could mean for the existing tiff you know we we have obligations from that tiff that i would be concerned about
1: not if, I, if I may, Alderman Hanauer, on that, this, this particular project is a little bit specific because it's entirely vacant. You know, it has not had any development on it, right. and uh, the property okay. taxes are marginal. So in terms of the overall scope of the central area TIF, it's TIF, it, it won't hurt it. Okay. Thank you.
2: It's been a parking lot for 50 years. Yes.
0: Mm. I understand that. But, but so it's not generating increment that piece of property presently.
1: Yeah, it's mar- it's marginal right now, I believe, Alderman uh, Donlan. I can, that can get that figure.
0: So that was, uh, of course, um, the the uh, Alderwoman Purchase and Alderman Donilon, uh chiming in there as well. Uh, next up, uh, introduction of Victor Solano with the uh, the group that's behind the development of this, and he lays out some of the uh, overview of what's uh, what's the proposal here.
6: It's a- 301 uh, 5th Street, and it's on the intersection of Madison. It's adjacent to the, uh, to the Lincoln Library parking lot, and as, uh, as Alderwoman Purchase mentioned, it's been vacant for approximately 50 years. It's somewhat of an underutilized open-air parking location right now.
0: And he uh, goes over some of the other uh, units that are expected in this
6: lot will still pay taxes at the same level currently paid. So it shouldn't have any any impact detrimental impact to the to the the greater downtown TIF. It'll it'll essentially be net neutral. So there won't even the even the somewhat marginal uh, taxes that it pays right now that will still be going into, I believe, that TIF. Is that correct? Yeah.
0: So uh, it won't necessarily be a net negative at all for that TIF. But what about the units that they plan?
6: It's on a 1.1 acre lot. We are proposing that it will be developed to 130, um, 130, I believe it's six units. They're going to be one, two, and three bedroom units. They will be market rate units. And... We see this as a great uh, addition to the downtown area where it will sort of act as a bridge between the downtown area and the medical district.
0: And uh, could be a place for uh, medical students to live or those working in the medical district to live. It's right there in that area, uh, downtown Springfield. And uh, they've got a various um, um, variety of a- uh, of asks of the city for a new TIFF. And this is a sub-TIFF of sorts. And then also uh, we'll hear more about what else they're asking for. So stay tuned. It's coming up here with Springfield's Morning News. It's the Council Roundup brought to you by Head West.
6: For the head today. Yeah.
0: WMAY. Springfield's
1: News and Talk.
0: Back with the Council Roundup, brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. Their downtown location open for lunch, also open for lunch on Saturdays. Don't forget about delivery head west subs. Speaking of downtown, an area where there are always conversations about more residential units being proposed. We've seen deals in the past fall apart. We've seen deals that are still kind of in the works and this new one is looking to create a sub tiff for an underutilized parking lot to turn it into a mixed-use residential area. Uh, here's more from the developer last night. This is Victor Salarno and uh, he describes more of what uh, this unit's going to look like at uh, 301 Fifth Street
6: downtown. It'll be six stories. The ground floor will, it's a mixed use development so there'll be commercial on the ground floor along Madison and then there'll be parking in the interior uh, that's entered uh, through the, the back corner of 5th and the Uh, and then the five there will be five floors of apartment above the above the unit which sort of ring the lot and then in the middle of the development will be an open air courtyard so there'll be a rooftop on top of the parking garage that will be like an open air green space so we propose that that's where the community room will be there'll be a a gym there there'll be an office center and uh, we'll have an outdoor area so it'll be uh, a a sort of a green space within the building for the building residents. All right.
0: And uh, they're looking to possibly also split some of those units.
6: Uh, and it will be designed to be flexible, so we could either have 115. Uh, one tenant take the whole space, or multiple smaller tenants.
0: So again, they're asking for a micro TIF, a targeted TIF, uh, relegating an area, this area, this one lot uh, inside an already existing TIF district. They want to create a separate TIF district that will help fund the uh, the development there. Uh, but other asks the developers are looking for.
6: As mentioned, our request is that we. It's really two steps. There's the targeted TIF that we talked about. And then there is the there's the uh, we're also asking for a, uh, a building materials sales tax exemption, which brings about a, a million dollars worth of benefit to the development as well. So uh, more about the units. There's going to be eighty seven one bedroom units, thirty two bedroom units and three. I'm sorry. And 19 3 bedroom units. And they're going to range in prices from about eleven hundred dollars to uh, one thousand four hundred fifty dollars.
0: All right. So uh, get a one bedroom for about a thousand bucks. What about the jobs this will
6: produce? The a project of this size is anticipated to generate four hundred year-round <clears throat> construction jobs during the construction period. It'll also have about forty. Uh, people that we believe will be employed in the retail commercial space. And then we'll have at least 10 employees working at the the property side as leasing agents, uh, maintenance supervisors, uh, community managers.
0: And uh, you've got uh, those jobs that are uh, possible, a uh, mixture of uh, construction and uh, permanent jobs. Uh, Corporation Council Jim Zirkle.
2: having the council be you know proceed with adopting the TIF, which you know, through ordinances and public hearings, and also extending the enterprise zone. Uh, those processes will take somewhere between ninety to 120 days. The development agreement simply indicates the city will use best efforts to create the TIF. Uh, You know, go through the steps and all the processes within a reasonable time 120 days and so on.
0: So uh, it'll take some time to put all this together, uh, and there might be some hiccups along the way. But Alderwoman Conley uh, points out that, hey, there's been some projects that have uh, used TIF dollars uh, to redevelop uh, already existing buildings, um, and, and they've fallen apart. Uh, they haven't uh, come to fruition. It's been you know a debacle in some cases. So uh, what about those past problems, and uh, what kind of assurities are there uh, in this particular proposed project?
6: Um, in terms of financing for this project, do you have monies together? Is this a financial package that the city needs to review before things are finalized, or where is that? Within- well, I, I believe it's included in the package. We did uh, provide an LOI from uh, Merchants Capital, which is a, 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 a development a, a bank that they specialize in kind of affordable and workforce housing. But because of the TIF. This falls under their their loan program. So we've talked to them, and they provided a uh, an LOI term sheet for a 21 million dollar financing. Uh, we've worked with them before on other transactions, so they're familiar with us. Uh, so I don't see that as an issue.
4: What about uh, local labor? Have you found a, a contractor yet? Or you?
6: No, we're we're as I mentioned, we did meet with Aaron um, Guernsey today. So. <clears throat> You know, we're going to engage. Uh, we've we've not picked a, a local contractor yet, but that will be as this process moves forward after the uh, the TIF uh, gets approved. We'll then during that period that uh, Revy outlined, we'll start engaging local contractors and really, you know, putting the, the rubber to the road, as they say. Now, what about uh, the price per those units?
0: A thousand bucks. How big's that that? Uh- that one-bedroom apartment is that affordable? Older woman Desenso questions that.
3: I don't see people paying eleven hundred dollars for six hundred and ten square foot apartment. Wow. I, I've paid I, more and lived in a smaller apartment in right. a bigger city, but I just want that on everyone's radar.
6: No, I understand, and, and we did uh, commission a market study. We provided it to the economic uh, d- development team, and it did. It did. It did say that the, the, that was sustainable. So those are the rents that we put in here.
0: So uh, some studies show, hey, that is sustainable. Uh, but this did advance, and it's going to be on
4: debate. Seconded and we're going to send it on to the council to the debate agenda. Any discussion?
0: Oh. All right, so so moved. Uh, all right, so that's an interesting overview of a, a proposed project there. We may hear more about it next week when they look to finally pass parts of this plan. Uh, so uh, keep an ear out for of that. All right, it's the Council Roundup. I'm Greg Bishop. You can listen every weekday morning, 6 to 9, but on Wednesdays at 7, we do the Council Roundup, brought to you by Head West Subs. All right, next up, let's hear
2: it. Uh, what's on the docket? One, an ordinance authorizing a supplemental appropriation in the amount of 333800 $812 from unappropriated fund balance to correct the FY23 budget allocations for fleet maintenance for the Office of Public Works. All right,
0: supplemental means this wasn't budgeted. What happened here? Uh, here's a question from Alderman Hanauer.
2: How did we get so
5: off on, on our budgeting um, for to the fleet from, from uh, uh, Oak Ridge, guess. I guess it is?
0: Yeah. Yeah, for Oak Ridge Cemetery, they're asking for a $300,000 plus Uh, Supplemental Appropriation. Here's a bunch of Director McCarty. Public Works had inadvertently put in last year's allocations instead of this year's at the beginning of the year. They didn't discover it until later because they had money to spend. They only discovered it when they started running low on their monthly allocations. Whoops. So yeah, let's make sure we get those uh, uh, proper numbers where they're supposed to be, when they're supposed to be in there. Uh, Meanwhile, next up, you got uh, an ask coming from the public library
2: with Farber Specialty Vehicles Incorporated for the purchase of a fully equipped custom-built Freightliner MT55 bookmobile vehicle in the amount not to exceed $481,776 for the Lincoln Library. Motion for consent. Second.
3: Second.
0: Wow. Nearly a half a million dollars for a bookmobile. $481,776 for a bookmobile. Summer Griffiths with the um, library, she's the director, uh, addresses what this bookmobile is going to be all about and something that uh, she talked about whenever uh, her appointment came up uh, for consideration. Here she is uh, laying out all the details.
3: Yeah, so this is fully equipped... All the way through. So it'll have space for about 3,500 items. Those will include hotspots, library of things, books, equipment, everything, all two workstations, um, laptops not included, but we'll be able to buy those. It will have, um, you know, hydraulic wheelchair accessibility. There's room to browse on the inside. There's an awning, um, external internal um, equipment that comes in and out. It will have programming and capabilities. Um, we're really excited about getting this done. This has been a project since Willow Hearn has been director. I called Willow Hearn early on. <laughs> it's a huge lift um, and we're really, really excited about it. Um, one of the things that we've talked over and over about is with. I know everyone's read the report cards, and we're looking at literacy rates in our community of twenty-two percent from K to eighth grade.
0: So this could help with that—a uh, four hundred and eighty-one thousand-dollar bookmobile, fully equipped. How do you go about finding something like that? That's wild. Uh, more on this from Summer Griffith.
3: So while the the um, excuse me the bookmobile is running, the battery will charge. And then it'll sit for two hours, basically. You know, Springfield's about 18 miles long and 20 miles wide, and it will, you know, will drive, and then it'll sit and be able to use the battery. So it'll be efficient. It won't need, like, an electric plug-in. Um, it's a diesel hybrid. It will be, it will function as a hybrid, diesel hybrid. So that was something that was very important to us, and while we um, took our time to really look for uh, how we could meet.
0: So uh, it also won't require a CDL, uh, so that uh, takes care of, you uh, you know, the question of who, who could drive it. So that's um, uh, an overview of the $481,000 bookmobile uh, that uh, they also need about $40,000 to uh, equip it with You know all the, the various different things to, to go inside of it and uh, different uh, books and whatnot. Um, meanwhile, you've got uh, Alderwoman Purchase.
2: As everyone has been made aware, there was an incident over the weekend um, in Ward 5 downtown. Um, I wanted to commend the police department for swiftly um, getting this situation taken care of and also going out and talking to the residents and talking to the businesses um, over the weekend and just talk about having more presence there and being there. Police Chief Scarlett uh, getting to the podium. Obviously we have an ongoing investigation so there's a lot of details that I can't share. Yeah
0: I'm not really going to hear those details but uh, he provides some statistics.
2: From a citywide perspective, uh, and I knock on wood saying this, our uh, shootings, shots fired, and homicides are all down for the year. And again, in large part, that's due to the proactive efforts of the men and women of the Springfield Police Department.
0: What about downtown specifically?
2: We're actually uh, trending um, right on our five-year average, if not slightly lower. So again, I just want to paint that picture: perception and reality. Crime is not necessarily up when it comes to uh, what transpired this um, this past weekend.
0: And what transpired was a uh, shots fired outside of wet bar. Somebody shot in the head. Uh, they're in stable condition, last I saw. But a suspect was captured. A suspect from Decatur captured for the gun crime happening in Springfield. That's a point that older woman says is troubling.
2: Chief Scarlett, what I find disheartening though, too, is that the last three incidents have been from people from outside of this city. Starting from 11th and South Grand to 5th and Washington to now this situation. And how can we Fix that. Yeah, I think uh, clearly our goal is to make uh, the downtown area an attractive space for. Uh, for people to come hang out, right? But we want to make it attractive for uh, those that want to come down and, and uh, have fun and do things the right way. We don't want to make it attractive for people to come from outside of our jurisdiction, specifically in those three uh, cases you mentioned from Decatur, mm-hmm. to come here to cause problems. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, again, we work proactively with Decatur police as, as well as uh, our friends with the state police when it comes to uh, tracking some of these individuals and doing our best to stop them uh, to and from. But uh, that's certainly an issue that uh, we've experienced. Not just uh, these last uh, three times, but uh, in more recent times. So, um, you know, we need to send the message uh, to the folks from Decatur that uh, they should stay in Decatur, and the folks in Springfield that we'll uh, we'll keep them safe the best we can.
0: Got that, Decaturans or Decaturites or what do you? uh, don't come to Decatur to cause problems, or don't come to Springfield to cause problems. All right, uh, next up, what about the budget books? I can't believe we're almost into budget season.
2: We are looking
0: at distributing the books the first week of January, right after the new
2: year. Wow. No boy. We're looking at doing hearings the last couple of weeks of January. We'll be working with uh, Mr. Griffin on trying to get some dates set up preliminarily out to you all for your approval. Uh, That will be coming in the very near future.
0: On the weeks ahead. Oh, boy. Uh, And then finally here, Alderman Hanauer wanted to highlight the good works that are being done at a carbon capture facility that the
5: ribbon was cut on from CWLP. And it puts us to the forefront of a lot of, you know, of a a really big project that that could be even bigger. So I just want to congratulate Doug and and his staff that, you know, and, you know, the council was the ones that, that, you know, voted to, to do this. And I think it's a, it's a good thing.
0: And then after that, they went into an executive session to deal with possible or probable litigation against the city. What that's all about, I don't know. If anybody out there wants to send me a text, I promise complete anonymity. Let me know what that was all about. That would be great. Thank you. You can email me, bishoponair at gmail.com. Or if you've got my cell phone, I know some of you out there do, uh, you can text me as well. That's your council roundup. It is Springfield's Morning News on two seven.